travelers, and welcome to another episode of Tales of Devot, a Genshin lore podcast. Last week, we went over the lore of the almost adeptus slash exorcist Shenha. This week, we'll be discussing Venti the Bard, our very own diaper boy. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Would you like to excite your eyeslits? Go to our website. It's talesoftavat.com, and you can see pictures. You can see videos. You can see snarky comments from Tiff. It's all there, talesoftavat.com. <laughs> While you're on our site, you can also check out uh, links for the past seasons and our special episodes, which also all include our spotlights from the community. Uh, we also have wallpapers to download and uh, some of our favorite Genshin merch. Finally, feel free to email us at talesoftavatpod at gmail.com to let us know what you think of this week's episode and what topics you'd like to see in the future. But on to today's topic of Venti, the bard. He is the most musically inclined bard, from my knowledge, <laughs> in all of Mondstadt. Isn't he our only bard? No, what, what about Jose? Jose? Yeah, we have Six Finger Jose. Uh, is Six Finger Jose a bard or is he just a, a bar guy? He's a bard. He's a bard. Well, <laughs> hold up, hold up. Because you got to do poems and music. <laughs> He's a bard. <laughs> Although I the, feel like they're the, the only, only two other bards. Bard. Yeah. He's got an extra finger for other things. Oh, oh my. Oh, well, oh, <laughs> for someone to take it dirty. He can hold his pine with his <laughs> extra pinky. I don't know. And if you don't know who Six Finger Jose is, you are very lucky because that means when you have left Angel Share, you have not clicked him instead of the door <laughs> because mm-hmm. all of us have clicked him instead of the door. Many times. He's always hanging out over there. I just want to backtrack for a moment. Al, did you say he's going to hold his beer pints with his pinky? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is he? What type of pinky is it? <laughs> a very strong one. Y'all don't hold really heavy things with your pinky? I hold like my keys, not a pint of beer. Well, I'm just <gasps> uh, fabulous. Can you send a pic of that? I don't believe you. Uh, <laughs> She's like, challenge go... accepted. <laughs> challenge accepted. I'll do it. I, uh, I'd i have to go get a like a legit pint. The key is that you have to have the handle. I don't believe it still. I gotta see it. If your songs aren't as well known as Venti's and Mondstadt, you gotta have some other kind of trick up your sleeve or, you know, coming out of your sleeve like his. So, yeah, it's like that's why he's called Six-Fingered Jose. It's like that's his whole shtick is... He's got that six finger. So I'm sure he exercises it a lot. I'm sure he does. <laughs> Think of how fast he can straw, man. Get to there real quick. Mm. Maybe it's for his mm-hmm. side gig. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, so mm-hmm. Venti. Venti's a bard. And from what I can understand, bards are only in Mondstadt. Well, yes. no, apparently. <laughs> yeah. So so the, <laughs> the only people who, who do the poems and like singing shit that are called bards, yes, they call them bards in Mondstadt. But there are, they call them storytellers or like wordsmiths. No, it's just very specific to Mondstadt that they call them bards. Oh, okay, okay. Like the one dude who does the stories, like Yoon Jin would technically be a bard, but she's not. She's an opera performer. She's an artist. She not only sings and performs music, but you wouldn't call her a bard. Yeah. Who does? Who's the guy who tells the stories in Leeway? Leeway oh. Harbor. Iron Tong Tian. Tian. The other storyteller in Lee Way, by the way, is Tea Master Liu Su. Not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. I'd have to see it, but that makes sense. Yeah, because he tells the story over tea. That's true. Delicious, delicious tea. Venti doesn't like tea, though. He doesn't even like cheese. What type of Midwest European motherfucker is he? You don't like cheese with your wine? Which is also interesting because he loves apples, and I feel like fondue with apples is great. Like chocolate Mm -hmm. fondue. It is weird, and I feel personally offended that he doesn't like cheese. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's an issue with Decarabian. I think we should blame him. Well, you know, as as European people, we are descendants of the European people. I was using what? We, uh, yeah, I'm not European. Well, uh, my my descendancy. Uh, <laughs> you know, we don't deal with lactose all that well when we're adults. So, you know, maybe it's just so that. What you're saying is you're a descender. Got it. <gasps> oh, no. I'm a lactose intolerant descender. I'm scared oh of God. Tiff now. Oh my <laughs> God. I mean, I still eat cheese. Don't get me wrong. But maybe this is cheese. why there are no actual cows in to that as Venti's just going around getting rid of them. <laughs> He's killing us vacas. Wait, I have questions about that too, though, because I can buy milk. 
in the game. Where is it coming yeah, from? Yeah, and there's like an icon of a cow on it. <laughs> yeah, there's an icon of a cow on it. Yeah, where are the cows? Ushi's a uh, little uh, harem. Yeah. Cows aside, let's go back to Venti. <laughs> so we first meet Venti in Mondstadt. He is trying to like, I almost said seduce, but he's trying to like <laughs> calm down Devalin. <laughs> This is a whole other story. <laughs> That's the Genshin OnlyFans. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no seducing Devalin. We are trying, like, we see Venti trying to calm Devalin. And I know Venti's pretty pivotal in the Archon line for Monsai, as most of the Archons are. He ends up being kind of one of our first interactions before we, I think it's even before we meet Amber, right? We kind of see him. Yes. But yeah, we go through the whole thing. He, like, becomes mm. our best buddy. Well, not at first. Yeah, we yeah. see him in the in the forest before we meet Amber mm-hmm. because we see him with Devalin, right? And then mm-hmm. he disappears. Yeah, once we get over that crest in the kind of like tutorial, this is how you move. A dragon suddenly like crashes to the ground. And that's when I knew I would love this game. But <laughs> I digress. <laughs> I just remember seeing Devalin and being like, oh my fucking God, it's a dragon. Like, I felt like I really saw it in real life for some reason. <laughs> I was so shook up about it. He's like, oh yeah. But it definitely looks like he's, he looks so, might I say, sus when he's just, you know, chilling with Devalin and like we break a branch because of course that's what we do. And then we scare off puppy Devalin. And Venti looks pissed, and then he poofs away. I know, you really oh, see, yeah. like, angry angry Venti, and we don't yeah. see angry Venti, like, ever. I know, it's like, hmm. <clears throat> He's hiding some fucking anger and rage in there. <laughs> it doesn't take us long, though, after we do meet up with him again and start speaking with him that Paimon gets some sassy pants with him. She does not yeah. take her long. She starts calling him the tone deck bard. <laughs> That's yeah. like one of the first Paimonisms that we get. <laughs> yeah, and that nickname persists throughout the game. The entire yeah. game. Every time Venti comes up, yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because Paimon knows that he's the Archon too, and she's just like, I don't care. <laughs> That's why I feel like Paimon is Istaroth, because Istaroth and Venti, Istaroth the Time God, for those who may not know, used to be friends. So, like, of course, Paimon, if she were the time god, would be comfortable just being like, tone deaf bard, you dumb, dumb archon. (laughs) (laughs) But I know we've covered a lot of the Monset archon line before, like when we did it um, in previous episodes. So just a quick recap. You know, we walk in the Monset, storm terror attacks. Uh, We run into Kaya. After we're talking to Kaya, we see a green figure running around. (laughs) <laughs> it's venti and we go to the knight's headquarters meet up with Jean, lisa and kaya we get all these missions we have to do we go and find venti again venti convinces us that we need to steal the holy liar venti's also the reason we learn that we can purify the blood crystals off of devalin's back and we find out that he is barbados and he's pretty open with us about that mm-hmm. well, i think when you're that magical and like cleansing blood and stuff it's kind of like ah uh, okay you know what? You're probably something more than just a plain old lady coming down the block. But apparently mm-hmm. it's it's pretty common that Venti will use magic and, and not really correct people guessing that he is Barbados. Like he's very nonchalant. He's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he doesn't go to the lengths like Rex Lapis, aka Zhongli, go to hiding their identity. I mean, but Zhang Li had had a reason to. He was, you know, trying to fake his own death. And he pretty much succeeded. Yeah. Venti, on the other hand, is is like Venti tries a bit. I mean, he has the fake vision that he True. Made, yeah. Which but is I, funny. <laughs> I think if if you looked hard enough, I think anyone would be like, oh yeah, no, that absolutely is not what that is. Well, that's what's really interesting too about like the whole vision thing. I'm really surprised that Mona hasn't caught on. And I know that in the voice line she has about Venti, like the wind blows and like all her papers go everywhere, or whatever. But in Unreconciled... Oh no, it's like more violent than that. <laughs> it's like the wind is starts attacking her when she pulls out her scry glass to look <laughs> into like who Venti is. So to the point where it's like her clothes are about to come off and she has to it won't <laughs> stop until she vows to never look again. <laughs> She's like, I'll never do it again. Stop. Venti trying to get a peeky peek with that too. <laughs> 
But I'm surprised Mona didn't catch on in the Unreconciled Stars event. Unreconciled Stars was the 1.1 event with Scaramouche and everything. And there were like meteors sprinkled around. Was it Leeway technically? Like the half or halfway point between Leeway and Mondstadt? And when vision holders approach these meteorites, their visions lit up, but Venti's didn't. Hmm. So I just thought that was interesting. Huh. Like a little tip. Well, I want to know if Venti was controlling the wind that was attacking Mona, or ah. if there's some kind of security system in place where anyone who tries to, you know, divine the fate or the true nature of an Archon gets smacked by the elements. I think it was the thousand wins. That'd be amazing. You know what I mean? Like, was was Venti actually doing something, or is there some kind of system <laughs> in place that just stops people from, you know... People be getting electrocuted. I was gonna say, like, someone just has, like, a rock fall on them if they're yeah. trying to, like, scry Zhongli. A Maybe. tree branch kind of hits you in the head when you try and figure out Nahida. Like, she's <laughs> almost lucky that she was just trying to scry Barbados. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, it it could definitely be like a system in place, kind of like those who carry the Gnosis might be protected by, I, I hate to bring this to D&D, but I'm absolutely going to bring it to D&D, True Sight, <laughs> kind of like no one can actually cast True Sight on these fuckers because they're ancients. Um, right. So no one could really divine the divine. But uh, we haven't said it just yet in this episode. Venti doesn't have a Gnosis. Oh, neither not does no Sean Lee. Neither no, does, more, none of them yeah. have those. Neither does A. Like nobody has gnosis, so mm. Mona still can't figure out Barbados. Well, um, has she Venti. tried again? Because she vowed never to do it again. That's a good she point. Did too. it in my game. But we also well, don't know when her voice line is supposed to be. It could have been meant to be in the story before Senora shows up and takes the gnosis. I would think she'd have to be afterwards, though, just because, like, when Mona's story quest was released, like, we traveled from Leeway to Mondstadt with her. And it seems to be a post-Storm Terror world, but, I mean, I could be wrong. But Mona aside, you know, there are a few people in Mondstadt that know Venti as Barbados, one of them being the Traveler, another being Paimon. But Deluc and Jean also know for a fact, because yes. Devalin calls him Barbados in front of them. <laughs> yeah. But they're so nice that they just for a little bit continue to just kind of play along as if they don't know that he's Barbados until finally like they kind of like, all right, all right, we know, we know already. Just get on with it. Yeah. After Devalin yells it, Venti's like, oh, Gene, you've known for so long, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, D Luke's just like, is the holy liar okay? He's still thinking about the turtles. Oh, no, not the turtles. <laughs> the turtles. <laughs> Look. Jean is is very, very smart. She is smarty pants. We love her. We stand. Well, and you know, Venti also says that Jean reminds him very much of an old friend. So he's definitely reminiscing of Vanessa. So I wonder, too, if he kind of lets his guard down around her or if there's some sort of, mm. like, sixth sense <laughs> for the Vanessas of the world. I mean, if yeah. my theory that she's vanessa reincarnated she would kind of like have the same energy and therefore no it's venti that's true there's another person that if that's really all he says i don't have that line in front of me but he could be talking about someone else that i'll get into later Ooh, okay okay otherwise zhongli a i believe nahida they all know who Venti is. We can't say anything about Farina yet. We haven't gotten that far. But we know that they have a little like tea sesh once a year. They all kind of get together. Then it used to be just do Venti and Zhongli. I well, we saw it in the Lantern, right? Oh, so I would imagine true. it was really cute in the Lantern, right? Honestly, it was so cute. They for those who travelers who don't know, Hoyo released like a short video about Lantern, right? When it was happening, it was something you couldn't see in game. It is the cutest thing. Klee tries to blow up Leeway Harbor. It's beautiful. <laughs> But, you know, Tiff, you were just saying that Zhongli and Venti started the tea party. So Venti is the animal archon. And when Venti first became the animal archon, he like walked up to Li Wei and went straight up to Zhongli. And Zhongli was like getting ready to be like, all right, this guy's going to ask for something. How am I going to make a contract with him? How am I going to barter? And Venti was just like, hey, I have wine. Let's drink, bitch. <laughs> Toasted Osmanthus wine. Yeah. And then he just like kept coming back forcing Morax to walk around Leeway Harbor with him, basically. <laughs> 
and they like became friends isn't that so sweet is cute he wanted a buddy and then eventually they like invited all the other archons like tiff was mentioning for their little tea parties too that'd be cute to think they all bring like specialty wines from their different nations yeah wine dandelion wine be cute lavender melon wine (laughs) hara wine Ooh, a spicy hara wine we have that and um like tiff mentioned there are only four archons in the video for lantern right so there's a lot of questions about what those other archons could be up to. But one of them we know is Farina, the Hydro Archon, which we don't know a lot about, but I could see Venti not getting along with her so far. Oh, that's just you projecting your dislike. I mean, she's kind of a bitch. Venti <laughs> would love her. She's, she's fantastic. She's I mean, eccentric absolutely. and ridiculous. Well, maybe A just invited her to the tea party then. I don't know. And then you have the Natlon god, which is the pyro god, which Venti doesn't like. He says that she's a warmongering god, right? Right. We have to remind everybody, don't forget, this This was originally Vanessa's position because she ascended to be the pyro archon, right? Well, we don't know that for sure. We know she ascended and then she became a bird. Yeah, she was originally of the people of Natlon, though. The right. Morrison? Mm-hmm. Mar- yeah, I don't think she became an archon. I think she just descended to Celestia as a god, but not necessarily the archon. Ew. Okay, that's where I got confused. There's a lot of assumptions that she's the pyro archon and that her and Venti had some sort of like disagreement where that's why he's like, I don't like her. Mer, mer, mer. But no one knows for sure. I mean, she could have become the new Archon. We don't know. But we do know that the Archon that he doesn't like was in place before Vanessa's rebellion, right? Because isn't mm-hmm. that when he's saying that during the, the manga? No, it's a voice line he has. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's one of his like... Mm, I could have sworn he said something about her in the manga, but maybe it was something else. I mean, poor Kano Lusto's branded. <laughs> it could totally be both. I think, yeah, I think he does say something in the manga about that Archon. Okay. Or at least about the Murata. Um, He does, he, in his more about Venti 3 voice line, he says, the Pyro Archon is a wayward, warmongering wretch. <laughs> and the Geo Archon is a brutish, blundering buffoon. <laughs> he's got nice things to say about everybody. Yeah, you know, he's nice. Should we step back a little bit then? For everybody who, like myself, have not read the manga, we do become introduced to Venti back then. As we know from our fashion episode, we know that he was much more scantily clad in the manga than he is now in the game. Being yes. all slutty Venti. Slutty Woo! Venti, a true icon. But we could we could go even further back. Let's go to back. when he was born, quote unquote, as the Archon, which was 2,600 years ago. Well, he wasn't born as the Archon. He he was second best. And... No, I mean, when he became the Archon, like when his Archon status was born. Yeah, he wasn't born an Archon. He was already just a little elemental spirit <laughs> breezing around uh, Decarabian's Mondstadt, which was encased in storms. Can I make a connection real quick so we at least know venti is older than give or take what three thousand some years old yeah maybe yeah possibly but originally he was a wisp which there are many different names for wisps or (laughs) will-o-wisps getting all the cats riled up right now um but they're also called like ghost lights and spook lights and what a perfect time for spooky september (laughs) but Wisps or will-o'-wisps are kind of considered to be ghosts or mischievous spirits that lead people astray. So it's really interesting that Venti originally was a little wisp or even like a Navi-like fairy, either leading people astray or leading them correctly. We don't know. Uh, Different myths and legends across the world have them leading people to their death or leading them to just happy accidents. Yeah, I think Venti says that he was like part of the Thousand Winds right like a wisp of the thousand yeah winds. A wind and he, wisp. he also clarifies that he was good natured as uh, a spirit because he was motivated by bringing hope and Aww. like positive vibes to people as a spirit <laughs> so that was definitely in his nature even back then and just a very quick refresher for travelers 
thousands of years ago, like Brandon said, about 2,600 years ago, there was a place called Old Mondstadt, which is now Storm Terror's Lair. If you've beat the Mondstadt Archon line, you go and do the weekly boss of Dvalin. Like, that's where Old Mondstadt used to be. And the person in charge of it was a Decorabian who is not human, which the first time I found that out blew my mind. And Decorabian had encased all of Old Mondstadt in, like, a windstorm so no one could leave. So it was a very, like, bad time. Yeah, Decorabian was a god, the god of storms, and was sort of vying for the Archon title back then, because this was still during the Archon War 2,600 years ago, and had sort of sealed off old Mondstadt because of this war that Decorabian was sort of having with Andreas, the ghost wolf. Before he was a ghost? Yeah. So he was like a tyrant ruler of old Mondstadt, and Venti at the time befriended this young boy who played the liar and wanted to write the greatest poem of all and that ended up being the form that venti eventually took after the boy died helping lead the revolt against the tyrant decorabian to free monstat so that was sort of we've talked about the you know vanessa's rebellion which we'll get to in a minute that that was actually sort of rebellion number two of monstat's history the first rebellion was this one 2600 years ago where Decorabian was a very mean guy and Venti, this nameless bard, and a couple other characters all sort of helped in the uh, the rebellion against Decorabian and were actually successful even though two of them died, including the, uh, the one whose form Venti ended up taking as his human form. Yeah, this guy was like considered to be Venti's like bestie too, which is so sad. Well, because it's so cute. It's such a cute little story. Yes, and this is one of the origins of the dead friend theory yes. <laughs> for animo characters. This is Venti's <laughs> dead friend. <laughs> the OG <laughs> dead friend. <laughs> No. <laughs> it's such a cute little story though and i don't i don't know if it's because venti is so tiny that i imagine that this boy and then he's referred to as a boy you know mm-hmm. of him also being so tiny and he was stuck in this place where there are all these storms he'd never seen the blue skies he'd never seen birds fly and like he just desperately wanted to see and wrote about basically seeing the regular ass world. And this little wispy, which I don't really know how, gathered up an eagle's feather to bring to him mm-hmm. to be like, look, this is this is what's out there. But unfortunately, he found out instead that the, the boy had died and he was crushed. Yeah. And I'm really fascinated by this this final battle with Decorabian because I didn't know until researching for this episode that there were there was a cast of characters that were all there. Hopefully. Maybe we'll get to see this in the anime at some point, or, you know, even if it's a flashback, that would be cool in the the anime or the game. But if you look at the description of the Freedom Sworn Sword, which is usually, that usually runs with, I think, Kazuha, but it's a sword. And uh, if you look at the description of that, the final confrontation with Decorabian included a nameless bard, which we know who that is. It's the form that Venti took. There was a spirit, which of course is Venti. There was an archer, which was Decorabian's former lover, Amos, mm. who has that five-star bow that people love, the Amos's bow. Oh, yeah. I was um, going to say, I have that bow. Yeah. So that was the bow belonging to Decorabian's former lover, who turned into his enemy and tried to kill him during this uprising with that bow. But unfortunately, she was slain by Decorabian. There oh. was also a knight present that a lot of people speculate could have been the og gunhilder jean's ancestor so this is the one i was talking about maybe when venti's saying you remind me of an old friend maybe it Mm. was the actual gunhilder instead of vanessa and then there's also a wandering (laughs) flame-haired warrior that if you you can actually see a an image of the the warrior as well as uh amos the archer in one of the cutscenes that we can put on the website but the uh the flame-haired warrior of course looks just like d luke with a goatee <laughs> so that could obviously be a ragenvender ancestor so possibly we had a gunhilder and a ragenvender fighting in this epic battle to overthrow decorabian alongside venti the nameless bard and amos but were they fucking? They were all fucking. Let's be honest. <laughs> when they won, they were all fucking. 
But there's something confusing that I found as well, which is if you look in Amos's bow description, it says that Amos was accompanied by a nameless young man, we know who that is, and a knight, which we know who that is, and an elf. And I was confused by that because who's the elf? Alice. Yeah. <gasps> huh. But the elf would make a little bit more sense if Venti the Wisp was actually more like an elf or a fairy because it says that he carried the eagle's feather like in his belt. I don't know right. if wisps have belts. I was thinking the same thing, Tiff. If maybe, <laughs> maybe that even though the cutscene of that battle it shows venti as a little a little spirit a little like tiny genie looking ghost kind of looks like lilipar or something mm-hmm. <laughs> and um but but maybe he could at the time sort of take the form of an elf or maybe they just used the word elf to describe that back then i don't know well isn't it known that venti like venti's current form is something that he morphed into so it's mm-hmm. totally possible that he's had those powers the whole time well, maybe that's how he kind of secretly went around old monstet when he becomes the form of the young boy is actually when he's raised as the archon that's his first thing that he does as the archon is takes on that form so yeah. i don't know if it's something that he could do beforehand yeah i think it i took okay. it as he couldn't until he because when Decarabian falls, Decarabian was essentially the Archon at the time, like during the Archon War. So when he falls, Venti sort of like activated as the new Archon. And the first thing he does with that power, it says, is reconstitute his his form into the likeness of the nameless bard. Well, he also, though, has to kind of talk with Andreas about becoming the Animal Archon, right? Because Andreas could also technically be, like, the Monset Archon, but Andreas is like, I hate people. You can have it. Yeah. which That sounds right. I didn't, yeah, I didn't do a refresher on Andreas, so... I want to say that it's actually, it probably contradicts itself a little bit because of that. Because it does make it sound like it's as soon as Decoravian's dead. But we know from Andreas that technically he should have been the Archon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But because he gives it up, that's when. Mm -hmm. So there's a little bit of, you know, maybe one story just kind of fast forwards it a little bit, which we've seen before, you know, like sometimes we just don't get those little details in the middle. Isn't Venti the very first person to be crowned Archon? I don't know those details, but I almost think that it could be a weird, like, Celestia thing, where Celestia mm-hmm. kind of came down and was like, congrats, Venti, you re- led an uprising, here's a gnosis. And then Venti was like, I gotta ask Andreas about this? Like, this is politics. <laughs> well, I think the over. Archons were just whoever the last seven were Standard. at the end of the war. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think it was the power balance just kept shifting based on who fell and who didn't. <laughs> but in different locations, the war ended at different times. Because we know 2,600 years ago was about the time that the Archon War was wrapping up in leeway. But I don't think that is the same timeline for Inazuma or for Sumeru. Right, that's also true. And it's also interesting because when we talked about like the gods of the desert, we talked a little bit about how different <laughs> the Archon War played out in different areas. And it seems like for Mondstadt, once this asshat was defeated, things kind of got really calm really quickly. Which is very mm-hmm. interesting to me. And we know that after Andreas and Venti say their peace and Venti is the animal archon officially, he's not the only god worshipped in Mondstadt. Which is another interesting factor because they don't worship Andreas. They worship Istaroth alongside Venti. And how the hell does that come into play? I have no I'm clue. I'm so confused okay. about Istaroth and where Istaroth was and who she is and what she's doing and she's all timey-wimey and confused and stuff i don't get it may i suggest something Mm -hmm. follow me on this journey so we know istroth is kind of mia we don't know if she's dead or if she's like been split we know venti is either of her or knows her well when we look at the description of Barbados, and I'm talking about the Ars Goetia Barbados, and also another one of these demonology books called The False Monarchy of Demons, or the pseudo uh, pseudonym Monarchia Demoninum. I butchered that to shit. Uh, Barbados <laughs> is still the eighth demon of hell, or one of like the dukes and the earls, but he's described as a woodland archer with horned trumpets who can communicate with animals, 
and he knows all past, present, and future in mm. both the 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 false monarchy of demons in the Ars Goetia. He's known as someone who knows the past, present, and the future. Is it possible that Venti only knows Istaroth and the reason that Monsat worshipped Istaroth is because Venti is of Istaroth? Mm-hmm. Possibly so like one in the same? Mm-hmm. It could be. I mean, we know that Istaroth is much older than Venti, right? Because mm-hmm. Istaroth was around when Anconomia sunk into the sea, which happened around the time of the second who came. Yeah, mm-hmm. Istaroth is considered to be one of the four shades of the primordial one, too. Not confirmed, right. but... Right. Well, here's here's the thing with Istaroth, is that Isaroth seems to have been uh, a four shade of the primordial one, one of those four shades. And we don't know how Isaroth necessarily comes into Monsat. I believe it's the, is it the Umanokler clan? Um, with the Umanlocker? Mm-hmm. Umanlocker. Umanlocker clan. I believe they worshipped Isaroth. And I could be wrong with that. And you had all these clans kind of coming together to new Monsat. We also know that Isaroth was no longer worshipped after the Lawrence clan took over. Because I don't know if everyone remembers, but when the Lawrence clan took over in Mondstadt, and New Mondstadt, remember travelers that the Lawrence clan is Eula's family, and they are the aristocrats that Vanessa eventually overthrew. But at that time in Mondstadt, they had taken down the big Venti statue. They were like, we're in charge, F that. And they didn't put the Venti statue back up until after... Vanessa took control and they put another statue there. So there's a lot of theories that the reason Istaroth was no longer worshipped after that is because they kind of forgot about Istaroth. You know, there was no statue to Istaroth. There was no books about Istaroth either because something I had no idea about. There was a huge fire in Mondstadt that burnt down the library and the library was the largest library in northern Tavat. And the library that's now in the Knights headquarters is only one-sixth of that size. So they think a lot of the books that were about Istaroth as well burned down in that fire, which you could take it even a little deeper. During the Enjo storyline in Inkanomiya, he actually says something along the lines of like, ha ha ha, that was so much fun. Kind of like burning down a library. I think he says like burning down a huge library. So now there's a lot of curiosities in like the lore community about whether or not Enjo is the reason this Monsat library burned down. Because in Inkanomiya, where Enjo is when we first meet him. Remember that Enjo is part of the Abyss, which might have ties to Conria. We're not 100% sure. Well, we know eventually they have ties because of the Alberts clan, but we're not sure when Enjo comes into play. Mm-hmm. But in an Economia, they worshipped Istaroth because Istaroth was the only one who cared about them. So it's almost like, did Enjo get involved in burning down this library so maybe Istaroth would stop paying attention to Mondstadt and go mm. back to those people? Istaroth gets around. Oh, yeah. Do we know when the library burned down? No, I could not find when it burned down. Because if it was during the Lawrence clan's rule... So just to go back to sort of Venti's history, after Mm -hmm. he and this group of people help free Mondstadt from Decorabian, he becomes the animal archon. He decides that Mondstadt will be the city of freedom. It will have no king. And since the city of freedom should also not really have a god leading it he sort of disappears for 1600 years i wish i could do that lord (laughs) hallelujah (laughs) so when he comes back after 1600 years meaning you know since this was 2600 years ago we're now at what's a thousand years prior to the events of the game that means that that's like around the time that vanessa's rebellion was happening was about a thousand years ago so that's when he shows back up because he hears vanessa's cries as a slave and he's like oh hell no these people are enslaving people in my city of freedom i don't think so so he helps vanessa overthrow the lawrence clan and the aristocracy um to once again make monstat the city of freedom so that was a thousand years ago so you know i don't know if the library maybe burned down before then but if so that would mean that enjo was up to some shady nonsense even before the cataclysm yeah and that that's actually a really good question because the assumption is that the fire must have burned down prior to the lawrence clan because this thought is that between the fire burning down and them even trying to erase barbados 
there was like a double whammy of the gods being forgotten. But then, of course, Vanessa, who is dealt single, you know, firsthand with Barbados, is going to put up a Barbados statue again, where Vanessa never dealt with Istaroff. So it, it would make sense if prior to Lawrence Clint taking over, Istaroff kind of disappeared while Venti napped. Well, I always thought that Istaroff may, since Istaroff was so much older than Venti that maybe the people that were still worshipping Estroth were like from generation like that was passed down from the generations prior to Venti's time that survived mm. you know what I mean so like you have the people that started worshipping Venti as the Animo Archon for freeing everyone from Tech Arabian but then you have people whose bloodlines had been around for way longer than that that were still venerating Istaroth because I'm assuming that Istaroth has had been around since the beginning and we know that Istaroth did interfere with the goings-on of the mortals of Tevat you you know you look at what was going on between Istaroth and Enconomia yeah very very true I mean that was kind of wild. Isroth was the only one who even cared about them. Like, no one was supposed mm. to pay attention to Inconomia. Right. But that would also mean then that there was a hole into the abyss because Enjo is an abyss lector. Yeah. I mean, we do have the spiral abyss right off the coast of Bonstad, of course, mm-hmm. which ironically enough is like really close to that Thousand Winds Temple extension site, which is the other island off the coast of Bonstad. So the there's mapped one. Yes. The non-mapped island. And that also begs another question. So for travelers who may not know, um, I kind of goof around and talk about the Thousand Winds Temple and the Thousand Winds Extension Site. So under Star Snatch Cliff in Mondstadt is the Thousand Winds Temple. And it looks like a coliseum, but it's very much assumed that that is where Istaroth was worshipped. Because while Istaroth was the time god, Istaroth was also considered the Thousand Winds, which is why Al's idea of Venti being a part of Istaroth could totally be true because he was a wisp of the Thousand Winds. Well, it's not even just that, because when we look at the basis of the name Venti, you can connect it directly to the Roman Ventis, mm-hmm. which are the winds of the north, the south, the east, and the west. And who else do we have as the winds of the north and the south and the east and the west? The four winds of Monster. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Very much took a note out of Istros, or I guess after the primordial one. <laughs> exactly. There, It could be that Istros, kind of like the primordial one, you know, made shades of themselves. And that possibly is one of the reasons why, you know, people knew of Istroth and remembered Istroth, but at a certain point with the library burning down and, you know, Venti being Venti, that she kind of became an obscure god that mm-hmm. not everyone remembers. Yeah. Because I say the Roman Ventis and even before the Roman Ventis were the Greek Animois, which I'm saying it completely wrong, but it's animo, but ending with an I. <laughs> <laughs> and it's literally Boreas, Zephyrus, Nautis, Eroes, Eris, Eru. Either way, like there's there's too many connections to these like four winds. The fact that one of them, the the Roman Venti, the West Wind is con- is called the Favonius. Mm. The North Wind is called the Aquilin, like Aquila Favonius. Yeah, and Andreas is also known as Lupus Boreas mm-hmm. or Boreas. Exactly. So there, there are these connections that possibly all of these winds, these four major winds, are the four shades of Istaroth. Mm, that would be very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking Istaroth could be the primordial one and the winds are the four shades of the primordial one mm, the no winds. no I, more that like Istaroth took like a note out of the primordial one's book and was able to make shades of themselves oh i see because they okay. are a shade of the primordial one so kind of like how in in greek we we look at like it's technically the family tree of the greek gods but every time you go further down each like category is more emphasized and more specific. So Istroth is the god of time. Venti is the god of wind and also song. Song and like bards telling the stories of time, of past. Maybe mm-hmm. there's, you know, of the east, we have future, west, we have past. We it's yeah, it makes a lot sense that they would be tied together because 
the wind and time are always connected or often connected in stories and poetry and stuff. I mean, we have the saying, the winds of time, you know. I make Venti the grandson of the primordial one. Just saying. Yes. That that probably be the easiest way to, to go about this. It would be Istroff is like mom to Venti. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which actually would be really cute. <laughs> so cute. You Bible Venti. But okay, so we've talked about Wisp Venti and how Venti kind of came into power. We talked a bit a little bit about Venti and how he's kind of I want to say Venti's politically savvy, like befriending Zhang Li, create helping create the tea party, talking things over with Andreas, working together with Istaroth, regardless of if it's his mom or not. I don't know why, whatever you say the tea party, I just I can I see all the archons in like blue petticoats throwing tea into the bay. <laughs> it's like fuck your celestial tea. <laughs> It was more of a wine party, but tea party sounds cuter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the tea cute. party is happening with the Hexen Circle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the older Archons, it's a wine tasting. Which is <laughs> yeah. the wine tasting. Side note, I, you know, I was going to jump into the Vanessa stuff, but before we do, you mentioned the Hexen Circle just now. The Hexen Circle had beef with Venti, but we don't really know when that happened. They were like, we don't like the way that you're leading Monset. And mm-hmm. he was like, okay, are you the Archon? <laughs> right, but they were never, they never really fought over it, but they sort of thought about fighting him and then Ooh. decided, you know what, let's just communicate. Let's get together <laughs> and air our grievances. And they kind of came to an understanding where he would actually talk to them and listen to them. Right? Am I remembering that right? I think so. I think so, yeah. And wasn't the whole reason they were, like, mad? It's like, why are you abandoning your people? And I'm like, why are you abandoning your children, Alice? (laughs) Gold. Gold. (laughs) All of them. They looked in the mirror and was like, well, hold up. The one half we... circle witch literally killed their husband. (laughs) Like, shut up. It was was a mercy killing. Yeah, it was a mercy. I don't care. Sometimes you gotta put them out of their misery. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mercy kills they're not okay not <laughs> yeah because to the hexen circle which it could have been oh yeah he had a hangnail i had to take him out of his misery <laughs> she unplugged that ventilator and was like <laughs> on to the next i'm mm-hmm. done read that will right here in this goddamn morgue <laughs> so yeah so venti you know has had some words so to say it's like a neighbor <laughs> they had words about the hex with the hexen circle about his freedom leadership And I think he kind of explained what freedom truly meant and what, like, giving freedom means as an archon. And I think kind of, like, got his point, which was cool. And I think it was like, we get it and we're going to agree to disagree and we're just going to have tea parties off the mountain over here. Right. So then Venti goes to sleepy sleep. He takes a very long, fun nap. And while he's asleep, the Lawrence clan takes over. When the Lawrence clan takes over, they are assholes. And they take down the Venti statue. They're not into worshiping gods because they should be in control, right? Mm-hmm. And they have slaves. Sounds like somebody, doesn't it? Like the people of Kanonia. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, called the fuck mm-hmm. out. Oh my god. Well, hopefully the people of Conria didn't have slaves. <laughs> hopefully. We hope. Hopefully they were just like, no gods allowed, but hopefully they yeah. weren't like... <laughs> you never know, though. Maybe uh, maybe the ruling family was just like mm-hmm. the Lawrence clan. Their slaves Oof. were the gods. Oh no. <laughs> they found them and they enslaved yeah. them. <laughs> but... So Lawrence clan takes over and Vanessa is one of their slaves. And that's where the manga really comes into play with Venti. Um, mm-hmm. Venti is awoken by whatever is about to go down. Like, he just knows. He can smell it. He's like, drama is about to ensue and I need to be witness to it. He's like, let me change this diaper and get <laughs> on over to Mondstadt. <laughs> let me change this diaper that I've been wearing for 1600 years. <laughs> Just going to go out and find some <laughs> some new ones real quick. Every time there's like... Rinse off know, in the river. Like a, something bad's happening in Mondstadt. I filled my diapie. Something's upset. <laughs> yeah. oh my God. That's what that's what will come up. Oh my no. God. Oh. They're evil. 
Gotta change. No. I gotta change my diaper, my puffy boomers. Terrible. <laughs> so in the manga, um, <laughs> Vanessa has what we think is like a sick sister. She's trying to help the sister. And then she runs into Venti, who is causing havoc. He's like stolen the Ludi Harpatsum, right? Like, mm-hmm. and they're trying to chase after him. And he literally is so rude. He runs into Vanessa. He goes, it's like I ran into a brick wall. She's strong as fuck, man. And I'll run into that wall any day. And she's like, who's this little boy? <laughs> who's this sassy little boy? And they kind of become friends. And Venti like talks to her in her jail cell. And the aristocrat has decided that Vanessa and all of her people are going to fight Ursa the Drake. Um, which you guys might remember. We later find out in the manga, Dodore defeats eventually we also know nothing really about ursa the drake besides that so vanessa is supposed to go fight ursa the drake and venti lends her a hand so to say yeah slutty venti slutty venti comes in yeah distracts the whole nation yeah yes (laughs) everyone's like oh my god it's so much skin (laughs) i haven't seen someone dress that skimpy in all my years that's a slut just a little (laughs) slut It's so cute. It's the cutest fit ever. It's just the most dazzling midriff you've ever seen. <laughs> and the tattoos. Like, I really hope they gave, like, Venti has those tattoos somewhere hidden under his bloomers. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a shame if he didn't. But yeah, Venti, like, lends a hand and they're able to injure uh, Ursa. He does not die because, remember, Dodoray defeats him. And they overthrow the Lawrence clan together. There's a lot of details in between there, but you don't need to know that. Right. Not as important. And then Vanessa becomes the leader of Mondstadt. And doesn't Venti suggest in his like trailer that him and Vanessa kind of started to part ways when she became a leader? Um, yeah, I think it's kind of unclear, but yeah, I think some people think that they might not have been getting along 100% the whole time. Which is why people think she could be the warmongering wretch in that line too. Oh god, I hope not. You never know. You know, maybe it was because she was endeared to Celestia. I mean, she ends up ascending to Celestia, to godhood, at the end of her life. So, or we don't, I guess we don't know if it was the end of her life. But at some point, she ascends to Celestia. So maybe that is why, potentially, she and Venti were not always on the greatest terms. Because maybe, you know, Venti at that point was like, screw those people. Like, F Celestia. Don't even worry about them. And Vanessa, you know, was probably saying her, like, holy prayers to the giant island in the sky. Yeah. Which is another thing, you know, Venti very much so does not respect Celestia. It does not seem like many of the Archons we are meeting respect Celestia, but Venti above all seems to have like a distaste for them, and mainly because of what he defines freedom as. Well, I also wonder, he also didn't really want Mondstadt to have a ruler, so I wonder if he was also just kind of keeping her in check of like, don't let this power go to your head. Like, I don't want my nation to even have this grip on it from just one person ruling, so... Yeah, that's also very true. And that's why people think that Venti just gave his vision up to Signora, right? Yeah, I think we don't really know if, um, like, how useful the the Gnosis actually are. I mean, which we've seen, you know, A gave hers to Yai and Nahida gave hers. uh, I mean, it's like everyone's just like, oh, you want this little trinket? Here you go. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem to make a difference in the world to them. Right. It makes me curious. There is, like, a theory that is just, like, a tracking device of for Celestia to, like, I can watch y'all, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Imagine they're just tracking the Saritza ten times over now because she has oh. all yeah. of them. <laughs> but, yeah, until we know exactly what the Gnosis is, which we understand that it's got something to do with divine knowledge and forbidden knowledge. But in the sense that as to, like, why the Archons are okay with giving this up and not really putting up a fight for it. It's too unclear to say. Yeah, there's still a lot we don't know about that. What do they do? Are they tied to visions? Are they, I mean, we know that they're somehow tied to Celestia, but we don't know in what way. So Mm -hmm. a lot of mystery around those. 
Why do they look like chess pieces? And why is the Batuwe playing a chess game with them? Right. <laughs> Which is also interesting because we're like, oh, the Saritza is gathering up the Gnosis, but then we see Piero with them, really. Questionable. Yeah. Also, another interesting thing is that Signora, as travelers might know, Signora's from Mondstadt originally. And her lover was killed in the same battle during the cataclysm where Venti and Devalin were both injured mm-hmm. against Durin the dragon. And so I find it kind of, I don't know, like a weird connection that Signora comes to get Venti's vision. It almost makes yeah. you like, you know, she calls him a rodent. Do you think she's maybe like she blames him? Yeah, maybe she feels like her lover died as collateral damage in that battle, and part of her blames Venti for it. Poor Venti. Like, I really feel bad for him. I think he drinks to try to forget. First of all, he had just woken up from his nap and changed his diaper before that battle, (laughs) right? Like, he was... He's like, oh my god, I'm still hungover and I gotta deal with all this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not him being a hungover baby in a diaper. (laughs) (laughs) In an epic battle with dragons. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Look, sometimes you just gotta change your nappy in the middle of like fighting a big ass dragon. Yeah, at the end of the world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No. I have to change my nappy. Don't worry about that. So, yeah, so we kind of went through Vanessa. We just kind of covered a little bit of what happened during the Cataclysm. But that also means that Venti did not go to Conria during the Cataclysm. They were all, quote unquote, called to the Cataclysm. Well, but but isn't the timing of that kind of questionable? Because we don't really know in the grand scheme of the Cataclysm when exactly this fight with Durin happened, do we? That's true, like he could have gone after before he went back to sleep or whatever, <laughs> crawled into his cave or another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Besides Makoto, do we know of anyone who definitely went? I mean, I guess the original Hydro the Archon. Hydro, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Ruka Devada. Yeah. Like, we never heard anything from Zhang Li about it. Well, doesn't the chasm stuff happen at that point? He, so he was a little busy over there. Well, was he? But he wasn't dealing with the chasm, really. Was he? I know the, the missing Yaksha dealt with it. I figured he was like, you know, supervising. <laughs> He could have been. I don't know. Well, I guess that goes back to B's point about the timeline, too, of the cataclysm. Did the cataclysm happen in an hour? Yeah. Did it happen over the course True. of a few days? Mm-hmm. That would be nice like to know. Hundred years war? Because that that's the other thing to remember, too, is it's assumed that all these abyssal monsters came out because gold fucks some shit up during the cataclysm. So shouldn't all of them have really been preoccupied with abyssal nonsense, too, to all be summoned? Yeah. But... Anyway, but we don't even know why they were summoned. Yeah, right. Or who summoned them? And I could see Venti not going just because he's like freedom, bitch. Or like I don't trust this. This is yeah. Like go past the sniff test. I think Venti's a lot smarter than he lets on. I mean, look what happened to the original Hydro Archon. She became a pool puddle. She's a puddle. (laughs) Makoto is dead. They made the right decision. (laughs) The ones who didn't go were Mm -hmm. smart. Yeah. Yeah. And Ruka Devada was basically killed. Right. <laughs> well, she, I mean, she was at the doing that to herself at Ermin's soul. Yeah. Sacrifice your body. But back to Venti. So Venti, during the Cataclysm, was fighting Durin, who Albedo references. Durin was Barbados's arch enemy. Love that. And Duvalin and Venti both get injured. And Duvalin retreats and ends up, you know, 500 years later being Storm Terror. But Venti goes to Vanessa's tree um and for people who don't know the tree in windrise is considered vanessa's tree quote unquote because she ascended to celestia there we have an episode on vanessa if you want to learn more about that 
But that's where she mm-hmm. ascended to Celestia, and that's the only place that Venti can heal. Question mark. Mm-hmm. Yep, because not only does he go there to heal after his little fight with his frenemy, he also, when Signora kicks his ass and steals his noses, he has to go back to the tree again to heal on up. Which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. What did we say during the Vanessa episode? That maybe only gods can heal gods. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because we don't know of any other god who has to be who's had to be healed so many times as Venti. That's so funny. <laughs> That's because Venti's Venti. throwing himself out there. <laughs> Just throwing it, swinging it. Yeah. So there's like some kind of like portal to Celestia over there. Some kind of like oh my god, imagine waves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then. Venti, does he go back to sleep at that point or does he just heal? I think he goes back to sleep. And then yeah, he- because I think he wakes up not long before the start of the game, right? Because that's when he finds out that Tavalin has been corrupted. So he wakes up after the manga, basically. Like the after the like more modern part of the manga when they're dealing with Kale. Because the the manga is supposed to take place like six months to a year prior to the game starting. So Mm -hmm. maybe he woke up like a month ago. He's like, finally got his shit together. And he's like, all right, I got to go find my friend. Oh, bye, I must go. (laughs) I changed my pampers and I'm on my way. (laughs) (laughs) There was one thing. There's one fun story about him, though, by the way, that I wanted to tell during Vanessa's Rebellion, in which he tricked a bunch of the city guards to turn on the aristocracy because of a fake treaty that he forged <laughs> making it making it look like the Lawrence clan aristocracy had sold everything in Mondstadt to Rex Lapis aka the geo archon Zhang Li including the people so all of the guards who had been forced by the aristocracy to shuffle around all of these enslaved Marathans and whoever else were horrified by this thought of that they now were going to become slaves themselves and that they were being sold to rex lapis in the neighboring country of liue so that's part of why they all helped with the rebellion they helped overthrow the aristocracy because they thought that they were going to become slaves and you sort of find out that venti had actually just become good at forgeries once upon a time as a way to play jokes on zhang li because he knows that zhang li's obsessed with contracts so he's like i know i'll get really good at forging contracts so he actually uses that during the rebellion to help sow additional discord and like turn the actual city guards against the the leaders at the time so i thought that was fun that's he's very full of mischief he's full of mischief but even uh and very like useful and strategic ways it's because he's a wisp (laughs) i fucking love that (laughs) i like how venti when he's not saving his people or sleeping he's fucking around with zhang li yeah like ultimate prank master Mm-hmm. And I know I'm kind of skipping ahead of it, but I want to make sure we we mention it. Can we talk about Lantern Right when Venti, Zhao, and Zhang Li have to sit there and pretend that they don't know each other? <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. And, like, Venti and, like, Zhang Li are just complimenting each other back and forth. Like, that person's great. That person's great. No, you're great. No, I'm great. No, you're great. (laughs) (laughs) It is the most ridiculous thing ever. I was cry laughing the whole time. And that was when they had to do that because they were having dinner with Hu Tao, Zhang Yun, Xun Shou. Zhang Ling. Zhang Ling, yeah. And Hu Tao invited her crush, Zhao. <laughs> and then, of course, Zhang Li was there because Hu Tao is her. Because this was before she met Kazuha. <laughs> yeah, but this was pre Kazuha when she's like stalking him during that one TCG event. And what's really funny about it, for travelers who don't know, um, Zhao is a. He's a Yaksha, and he had a contract with, like, Zhongli for a very long time. And Zhao, at one point, almost. Sub- comes to his karmic debt which Mm -hmm. is the nasty like black film surrounding his soul from fighting (laughs) like all these monsters created from ex-gods and stuff like that and dead gods whatnot and venti's music saved zhao and kind of took him out we've mentioned before like max and stranger things listening to kate uh bush 
<laughs> so I just did you know there's a fun. did you know there's a queen in the new season that's going to be in the new season of Drag Race UK named Kate Butch. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. Oh my God. When are we watching that entire (laughs) Amazing. But Zhao and Venti know each other because of that. And I feel like Zhao at this dinner is so awkward because he's like, my father, my hero. And I have to pretend that I don't know either of you. Meanwhile, he's got Hu Tao like breathing down his neck being like, do you want to be my boyfriend? And then Shang Yun is like, you're my hero. Poor Zhao. Very overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> Poor boy. Mm-hmm. But um, is there anything else about Venti that y'all want to talk about? Um, I'd like to talk about Stanley. Oh, oh yeah. The Venti storyline. Yeah, there's a story quest with for Venti. And outside of, you know, us learning about his his drinking problems. And uh, by problems, I mean his problem being that nobody will serve him because he looks like he's five. Um, <laughs> so they don't believe that he's of age to drink. Meanwhile, um, that boy can drink 37 glasses of wine with no effect. Yeah. So he's always, he's writing poems, singing songs for people. All this way, they'll just buy him a drink. So we learn all of that. But one of the things, one of what I think is the more important part of the whole story is that we run into Stanley, who is an NPC, but he's an he's a adventurer and he's like drunk <laughs> and not doing so hot. And we find out in this, you know, while we're like kind of chatting in Angel Share, we find out that Stanley is actually not Stanley. He's fake Stanley. Mm-hmm. His name is actually Hans. He went on a journey, a mission to um wait i'm gonna say it wrong margevardis margevardis mary javardis mayor javar i'm not even gonna try to help you because i'm gonna make it worse mari javari mari javari <laughs> that's how i'm gonna say it okay i think it is mari javari yeah i think so so he went on and you know a, this journey with the real stanley to mari javari which is a windless place and they actually get into some trouble and real stanley sacrifices himself so hans can survive now the important part about that being a windless place is because the people of mondstadt believe that you need the wind to bring your soul to the afterlife so fake stanley is guilt-ridden that his friend did this like he was this great adventurer and he sacrificed himself so he could live and now he's his soul's just stuck somewhere so sad so to kind of commemorate the greatness that stanley was he kind of he pretends to be stanley and he comes back so everybody kind of thinks that hans died and he tells all these stories and stuff and sometimes people catch on to him that he's telling stories and referring to himself in third person so he kind of slips up a little bit but he's guilt-ridden so while he's telling us this story and we're finding all these things out venti tells basically tells him that he's barbados and he tells us the story of when he was a wisp and about the young boy who wanted to see the blue skies and how he kind of you know took on that form kind of like you know giving a little comparison to their stories and that's how we learn all of that which is actually really interesting and then in the end venti releases real stanley's soul or his spirit who's kind of been trapped with fake stanley he's just kind of always been there with him so now he actually gets to move on and like go on to the afterlife and hans gets to go back to being a regular person although i think we still call him stanley he's just got a little bit better of an attitude now He's not so <laughs> guilt-stricken, but, you know, he still goes on to be an adventurer and things like that. I'm not sure if other people just forget about his stories or if they just kind of go, okay, he's not talking anymore, so whatever. Right. But it's a cute it's a cute story with fake Stanley. But I also think that it gets brought up in the... There's a quest when I think it's with Chooser when we're looking at imaginary friends. And I think you actually see fake Stanley... And real Stanley's next to him as an imaginary friend. Oh, oh you're yeah. yeah. When yeah. Venti, the start of Venti's storyline is that we're helping Lisa like test out a new contraption that helps you see like imaginary friends. And that's when we see Timmy mm-hmm. with the ruin guard. <laughs> and yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't you, sir. It was another child obsessed with the ruin guard. <laughs> another one. Yay. But you know what's really interesting too about that is the what is the Mari the Marhi Jahari, is that what we said? Mm-hmm. Um, the, when you look at Nahida's voice line, she actually talks about the Marhi Jahari and says that it's a place that not even she has gone. But it's oh. supposed to be like in Sumeru. 
So I got a lot of questions about that place and why the Mondstadt's Adventurers Guild was even going there if they <laughs> knew that, like, they could possibly leave without their souls if they died. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot of questions about why the Adventurers Guild was there, why Stanley was there, but Venti doesn't care about that. And why there's no them. wind. Why is there yeah. no wind? How did that happen? I hope this is like the the down whiff of the giant volcanoes and mountains of Natlan. And the reason there's no wind is because the mountains are so high. I almost thought it was a Conrean thing. Oh, yeah. Because if you're underground, where's the wind coming from? And also like that would be like the godless lands too. Yeah. Like, that's why Nahida hasn't been there, too. True. It's all locked behind that one door. <laughs> but Nahida was also locked in a birdcage for 12,000 yeah, years, basically. That, that's so, true. Mm-hmm. who knows? <laughs> Anything else you all wanted to add? There's a couple other just fun yeah. little mini things. One is that Mika's voice line about Venti. It either seems like he knows that he's the Archon or that he has a little bit of a crush oh um, because he's like <laughs> really likes venti and like wishes that he could bring him gifts all the time oh. <laughs> um and then and the other thing is that you, we find out that he's extremely allergic to cats and will not perform <laughs> if there are any nearby which i think is hilarious because <laughs> we know he loves to drink we know diona hates alcohol <laughs> and i just love that they're pitted against each other even more in that way <laughs> Yeah, he would be allergic to Diona, wouldn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <gasps> That's so funny. Would he also be allergic to Lynette? Yeah. Probably. And Carrara. Yeah. yeah. Thank God Tignari's a fox. They can have interactions. <laughs> <laughs> Here I always thought like Venti's problem with, with the cat's tail was because there's 12,000 cats there. But it could also be because there's also Diona. The literal bartender. Doesn't it seem weird that a god would have a cat allergy? we can't all be made perfect brandon is that left over from like the nameless bard was that like his allergy that he took on himself also think about it if he was a wisp and cats were around do you think the cats would try and eat him and like play with him like a flying yarn ball (laughs) yeah i guess the question becomes like venti to begin with wasn't a god so was the wisp allergic Or right, are you was right? The nameless is the bard. form he's a god? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like yeah. I do right. remember reading somewhere where it's like Venti has an allergy because of the nameless bard, but I don't I feel like that could have been a fan fiction I read too. I'm not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> I read a lot of fan fiction. Like I don't know what to say. <laughs> but I do think that's all the time we have for today. Otherwise, the very violent winds are gonna come and try to take our clothes off too. <laughs> Uh, thank you travelers for coming with us to talk about venti today we took a pretty deep dive into some old history in tavat if you like this episode and you want to give us a follow on instagram we're tales of tavat pod or on twitter tales of tavat let us know what you thought about this episode or what you'd like to see in the future there or send us an email tales of tavat pod at gmail.com next week we will be talking about one of venti's many members of the dead friends club Kazuha. So we hope to see you all then. Otherwise, travelers, safe journeys. We'll see you next time. Bye, Kate Bush nerds.